Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number two of the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined once again by Drew Silva. Hello, Drew. Hey, man. We lasted a whole week. I know. It's unbelievable. They, they, <laughs> they let us back. I, I can't believe it. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, thanks so much. We, we definitely appreciate that. And, and welcome back to those who've returned for the second week. Um, you can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the great places you can find podcasts in this world. Uh, you can get in touch with us, rotoworldbaseballpod uh, at gmail.com. Again, rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Uh, last week was sort of an introductory episode, not only for the show, but also for us to introduce ourselves to you, the listener. So today we're actually going to dig into some analysis. So that's, that's going to be fun. I think we're going to start with some headlines, if that works for you, Drew. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Uh, so we're going to start off with specifically in the state of Texas. It seems to be a lot of headlines coming out of there. So we're going to start with the obvious one, uh, the fight over the weekend. We actually saw a fight in baseball. We don't really see that very often. Uh, it's usually just sort of dudes milling about and and guys coming from the bullpen running in and then awkwardly having to walk back to the bullpen uh, but we actually saw a fight, uh, Rugnet Odor uh, slugging Jose Batista in the jaw um, and getting an eight-game suspension out of it. And uh, he has appealed that suspension. Um, have we heard anything as to when the appeal will be heard? No, I was, I mean, I did a news shift today. This this would be Thursday, you know, all morning and afternoon. And I was looking for stuff, but but no, they, they don't really give any indication of that. And sometimes I feel like it can take a couple of weeks. Right. I mean, it feels like with like this case that maybe they'd want it to be resolved sooner rather than later. I know, but I feel like we've said that about other things and it hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah. So it's really just this looming thing in the background um, that fantasy owners are going to have to keep their eyes on and just sort of prepare that for a, a lengthy suspension. I mean, I can't see him. Maybe he'll get seven games instead of eight, but I still think he's going to miss you know, around a week or something like that. Yeah, maybe they'll drop one, but I, I think he almost got off kind of light because like you said, we don't, you don't see punches connected like that very often. Like I, I even that nasty Reds Cardinals brawl from six years ago where um, Jason LaRue 
got his head kicked by Johnny Cueto and right. that, that ended LaRue's career. Even that one, like you didn't see punches up close like that. So I, I think maybe he gets dropped one game, but it'll be seven or eight. Yeah, I think the the social media aspect of it. Sure, um, yeah, for sure. You know, we saw gifts of it nonstop and and made national news, which I mean, it's good that something baseball related made national news. <laughs> uh, but you want it to be for more positive reasons, obviously. Uh, but you're right. We don't really see those kind of things happen uh, that much in baseball. So I think that's why it was sort of a, a novelty and, and sort of perfect to spread on on social media. Um but I mean, if you're if you're in a fantasy a weekly fantasy league, this kind of situation could be a killer for you. Like mm-hmm. let, like let's say they 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 say it's seven games and it's they say it on a Wednesday or something, yeah. um, and then you're basically for two weeks you're going to need to find a fill in. Um, something I noticed that was interesting with the Rangers this week is Jerickson Profar. He's of course he missed basically two full years with a shoulder with shoulder problems. But he's finally back to full health and actually hitting pretty well at AAA, uh, hitting 271, 348 on base percentage, uh, 417 slugging percentage, has five home runs in 35 games. Mostly played shortstop so far, but got to start at second base earlier this week. And to me, that says that maybe they're preparing for the possibility of him being a fill-in whenever that suspension happens. Um, so my question to you is, would you pick him up? Let's say if he got called up just for a week, if you're in a deeper mixed league, is he someone you'd grab? Yeah, I, I'm so I'm always so intrigued by like former prospects that kind of fall off the radar. And like you said, he has five homers and and four stolen bases so yep. far at at Triple A. I mean, this is a, this used to be like a really big time dynamic talent, and he's you know he's going to be joining a, a Rangers lineup that that can. It produce a lot of runs and he might even bat like in a pretty good spot. And I'm not going to say he's going to lead off or hit second, but I, I don't know. Um, you know, he, he's always been like a pretty good O or he hasn't really been a good OBP guy, but I mean, he's a guy with some speed that you might want to hit at the top of the lineup. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by, by the talent, obviously with, with guys like this, I'm always intrigued. Yeah, and what's amazing about him is after missing two full years, he's only 23 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. And was a consensus number one prospect before all these injuries. So uh, even if he's just up for a week, I mean, that's what it would be. He'd be up for a week. He'd go right back down. He kind of just needs to play right now. Yeah, I mean, he's he played... God, he's played like sixty games since the beginning of the 2013 season. Right. So you got You kind of got to give him a break on the numbers. Even like they're not great, but maybe they'll they'll keep getting better. Yeah. Um. I I don't, I don't know where he would go after uh, Od- Odor comes back. I guess maybe they could work him into the mix at shortstop. Um. In in front of Elvis Andrews, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, he might be like a like trade bait for the Rangers if they need to upgrade in another area later this season. But he's the kind of guy, if you're in a dynasty league, this is, I mean, I think the perfect time to buy low on him probably would have been over the winter. Um, But now that he's swinging the bat well, he's definitely someone you should keep an eye out for in the long term. But there are a ton of options, second base, middle infield options that are widely available. Uh, Before the show, I kind of went into Yahoo and saw who is available in more than half of leagues. And there, there's a nice long list. Um, we should probably start out with Devin Travis uh, with the Blue Jays. Um, 
coming back from shoulder surgery, uh, nearing the end of a minor league rehab stint. He's a, he's available in 80% of Yahoo leagues right now, which is pretty, wow. pretty interesting. And a lot of upside, you know, the stadium and the lineup. Um, and even if separating the Odor situation, he's someone to keep an eye out for, I think. Yeah, again, like very intrigued, excited by the, the dynamic talent. He had uh, two doubles and five RBIs in four games with high A Dunedin and is now moving on to AAA Buffalo. Um, man, he I mean, he was awesome last year before. I mean, that, that shoulder injury, ha- like the first shoulder injury happened right around this time last year. Right. And remember, he was killing the ball. And he still finished the season – I don't know, his season ended in July, but he still finished the season with a 304 average, 361 OBP, 498 slugging, you know, eight homers, three stolen bases in just 62 games. Um, he's 25 years old, hit at every level of the minors. I, I thought when the the Blue Jays acquired him, it was like a really sneaky good trade. Yep. And, and he hit leadoff 22 times last year out of 62 games, I think like 57 starts. So they're they're comfortable with him up there. I don't. I think Michael Saunders is hitting the ball so well that they won't make that change immediately. But man, if if Travis like gets off to a pretty good start and Saunders comes back down to earth, I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's hitting lead off like a week in right. after they activate him. Yeah, and I, it was interesting before we started the podcast here. I saw Batista is batting lead off tonight. Did oh wow! Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't remember the last. I don't think that's ever happened in a, in a Blue Jays uniform anyway. But it seems that there's opportunity potentially at the top of the lineup. So if he starts out hot, um, he could have a lot of value in that lineup. I might have to make some daily fantasy lineups while we're on the show now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to use Joey Bats at leadoff. Yeah, we're we're recording this podcast basically right before all the games start Thursday night. So uh, the big Nationals Mets showdown. Uh, Harvey versus Strasburg tonight and sort of the big question for Mets fans and fantasy owners is which Matt Harvey is going to show up basically uh, because so far the velocity has been really erratic from start mm-hmm. to start and he hasn't thrown more than six innings in any start so far and uh, has had a lot of problems uh, in the middle innings third time through the lineup so by the time you guys are listening to this tomorrow you're already going to know what's going to happen but uh, should be an intriguing matchup, but I feel I feel like this is a game where where he like pitches awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm right. gonna look stupid when this comes out tomorrow. But it right. just feels like a Harvey game, like at home, you know, against the Nationals. Yeah. The crowd is gonna be hyped. It's a, yeah. it's a nice night outside as well. So it's, I think it's, it's a it's a hashtag Harvey day for sure. Right. Well, <laughs> Mets fans are hoping so. Yeah. But yeah, other other second basemen out there that I think are interesting. Um, Joe Panic with the with the Giants has sort of had a slow month, um, but still all around can do some things. Uh, Jonathan Scope with the Orioles. Yeah, there's some power in a yeah. in a power friendly division. Um, you're you're not going to get much average or or anything else, but you know the, the the homers are good and what he bats like seventh or sixth in that lineup. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I, I could, go ahead. Derek Dietrich with the Marlins. Um, has been playing a lot since D. Gordon uh, got the suspension, hitting leadoff versus right-handers. Um, and he's out there in over 90% of Yahoo leagues right now. can be a really useful piece. Um, Logan Force, or with Logan Forsyth out, Steve, Steve Pierce is playing a lot uh, right now with the Rays. Uh, been hitting for power recently. He's pretty interesting. 
Martin Prado hitting for average with the Marlins, but not really giving you any power. Um, Javier Baez with the Cubs. You kind of have to watch when he's going to play. And also with Colton Wong, sort of the same thing. Seems like he's been swinging the bat a little bit, little bit better recently. Um, but playing time questions there, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, a, a 5.33 OPS in April, and he was making tons of errors in the field. Yeah, the the defense has been better, and he has a 8.76 OPS this month, yeah. as of Thursday night. Um, he's he's like a, a guy that plays. I, I, I hate like narratives like this, but when he has like a lot of self confidence, he plays well. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the guy that got picked off in the World Series against the Red Sox and was like crying on camera about it. I remember that. Like, like he gets so in his head. It's, it's. I've never like watched a player like that. And when he's going, man, he, all of the aspects of his game are going. He can steal bases. He's got power. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would ride that train right now. I guess the only issue is uh, Johnny Peralta start is starting a rehab assignment on Friday. And they're probably going to move Aled Diaz into the second base mix, I would guess. Uh, when Peralta comes off the disabled list, he's coming back from thumb surgery. Right. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it, like you said, it's gonna, it might be a, a playing time issue again. But he's really he's been making four starts a week, so probably yeah. expect the same thing going forward. Yeah, I think if I had to pick any of the guys that we just mentioned, I might go for scope. Like, let's say if you needed a fill-in for a week. Uh, for Odor, I would just hope to get like a couple of home runs. Yeah, um, he, he seems the safest out of that group. I, I would probably go with Travis, but I'm, I'm like such a sucker for intri- intrigue and upside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just I look at scope and I think he can hit 25 to 30 home runs this season. Yeah, and at second base, that's huge. So yeah, it is. Um, I think I'd go for that if I had to fill in for a week, and I I like him in general. So. You know, even if you need a second base villain that's not Odor, I, I might go for him. But um, moving along past second baseman, let's talk more more Rangers. Uh, Sean Tollison, um, well, he gave up his closer job in, in epic fashion. Uh, walk-off Grand Slam Tuesday night to Chris Davis. Uh, 9-2-0 ERA, four blown saves. Uh, blew just two saves all of last season, so... He's been pulled from the closer role in Texas. Now Sam Dyson taking over. Do you think Tyson? Do you think Dyson can keep that job? I do, um, because there's a, a pretty good track record here of him being pretty good, or him being very good. I mean, he has a 1.89 ERA in 19 innings this season, as of Thursday night. Had already vultured two saves, you know, through those early season struggles for Tolleson. He's got a 2.38 ERA over his last 136 and a third innings dating back to the beginning of 2014. Um, I mean, he's pretty proven. He's not going to strike out a ton of batters, but he's like a batter per inning, uh, like a high, high velocity thrower. I, he fits the closer profile for me. Yeah, I agree. I, he was striking out a batter per inning uh, after he came over from the Marlins last year, but the strikeouts are down a little bit so far this year. Uh, 13 strikeouts in 19 innings. He actually has had a 5% loss in his swinging strike percentage so far this season. Mm. But um, what's interesting about him, gets a ton of ground balls. Um, in Waiver Wire today, I mentioned that only Zach Britton and Brad Ziegler have a, a higher ground ball percentage since the start of last season. So ton of ground balls, which is 
great in that ballpark, obviously, with the weather heating up. So a pitcher who keeps the ball on the ground in Texas is, is something you want in the ninth inning. If he's not going to miss bats, at least the ball is going to be on the ground. And, uh, I mean, if he was to falter, uh, Matt Bush could be potentially yeah. interesting. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably the speculative play if you missed out on Dyson. Uh, of course, former number one overall pick of the Padres in 2004, has had off-field incidents, just uh, had a three-year uh, jail sentence uh, for a DUI hit-and-run, but uh, made a comeback this year, had an 18-4 to strikeout-to-walk ratio in A before uh, his recent call-up, has four strikeouts in just over three innings so far. So uh, I think if you want to speculate on the situation, he's, he's a good guy to grab. Yeah, for sure. I think he was kind of lucky to avoid a suspension uh, for throwing at Batista, which is yeah. really, I mean, it's it's what kind of created the first fuel for that fight on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised by that too, because it did seem like a purpose pitch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Actually, in the MLB press release, they even said uh, his fine was, was for throwing intentionally. Yeah, that's odd. So I was like, okay, um, but, but that's besides the point. Yeah, I mean, he he passes like the eye test for me. He looks good. And he throws strikes. Um, man, yeah, if, if Dyson falters, which I don't think he will, but it, it could happen, of course. Yep. He's not like a dominant pitcher. Um, right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bush is next up. And if I'm in a deeper league, I'm I'm stashing him. Yep, for sure. Um, so more Rangers, Yu Darvish. Uh, his arrival is finally coming. Uh, of course, making his way back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, nearing the end of his minor league rehab assignment, has a one two nine ERA. 15 strikeouts, five walks through 14 innings through his first four minor league rehab starts. Looks like he's going to make one more rehab start on Sunday before potentially joining the Rangers next weekend against the Pirates. So uh, my question to you, can he be a top 25 starting pitcher the rest of the way? Man, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it seems like Every every pitcher is different coming off Tommy John's surgery. He is now 14 months removed from it. So they, they took their time with this. You know, they'll, they'll rush some guys back in, in like 12 and a half. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I haven't like seen his rehab starts, of course, because yeah. they're, they're hard to find. And I don't know what the velocity readings are like. I don't know if you do. Um, no. But he, I mean, the, the numbers look great. Like you said, 1.29 ERA, 15 strikeouts and 14 innings between double a and triple a and obviously the career numbers are great in the majors i think you've you've got to treat him like he's going to be a top 25 pitcher the rest of the way yeah because because that's what we've seen yeah i mean i always so i think at first you know a couple of years ago i might have been more aggressive with guys coming back from tommy john surgery but now i sort of skew conservative i think yeah. um especially with someone like darvish he's never been an elite control pitcher um, it was getting better before the surgery, but still 3.6 uh, walks per nine innings for his career. And we often see command the last thing to come back after Tommy John surgery in a tougher hitters park. Uh, I think we're going to see flashes of brilliance, obviously, uh, but top 25, I, I don't know. So uh, I'm going to throw a couple names at you and you just tell me which one you would take. All right. Carlos Carrasco coming back from a hamstring injury. Uh, let's say he comes back in two weeks or so, uh, right around the time that Darvish is going to debut. Would you rather have Carrasco or Darvish? Carrasco. Yeah, me too. Um, 
Hey, I actually liked Carrasco to be like a stealth Cy Young candidate this yeah, year. Yeah, me too, me too. And there's no reason to change that projection just because he missed time with a hamstring injury. So I, I'm with you. I, I say Carrasco as well. Uh, a tougher one maybe, uh, Marcus Stroman or Darvish? Oh, man, that is a tough one. I'm going to go with Darvish. I, I, I think the strikeouts are going to be there. I don't. The ERA like might be about the same. Like I don't think Darvish is going to be rocking like a sub three five ERA. No. Uh, um, it'll be closer to four, maybe even a little bit above four. Um, because like those pitchers coming off. I'm, I'm making this a long answer, but those those pitchers coming off Tommy John like will sometimes go through like dead arm periods. Yep. Uh, you know, as they're trying to rebuild strength. And I, yep. like you said, I, I bet there'll be flashes of really good games and then some bad ones. Yeah. I'm taking Darvish over Stroman though. Yeah, I would too. Um, I think Darvish just has more strikeout upside. Yeah. And um. When you look at the AL East, I still think it's a tough place to pitch, even if the Yankees aren't the offense they usually are. Um, and that's a that's a tough, you know, that's a hitter-friendly stadium, too, that he pitches in. So I'd, I'd take my chances with Darvish over Stroman um, in that situation. Um, but, yeah. So another thing, state of Texas, but not the Rangers. We're going over to the Astros now. Um, their closer situation Luke Gregerson notched a save Wednesday night, but prior to that had blown three out of his last four save chances. Astros off to a disappointing start. They're probably not going to mess around. I think they're not going to have much patience if his struggles continue. So who do you stash here? I know Ken Giles has sort of bounced back after a rough April, but Will Harris has sort of been unsung hero in that bullpen for them. Um, So who would you stash? Yeah, this is a tricky one. Um, Gregerson did earn a save last night and looked pretty good doing it. Um, but man, Ken Giles has looked like his old self too, like in the last week and a half. Yeah. The velocity's up too. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Will Harris is kind of a sneaky guy here. Uh, 1.59 ERA, 88 strikeouts and 99 and two thirds since the beginning of the 2014 season. Um, He's like a fastball, curveball guy, throwing a lot of curves this year, um, which which has become like a really good out pitch for him. I w- man, I don't know. I, I think if there's like another Gregerson hiccup, it'll really depend on how Ken Giles is throwing like within that three day period. Yeah. Um, if he if he keep if he keeps dominating and the velocity's good and um, he's throwing up zeros. Um, I think they might just go to him, but I don't know. It's hard to get into like the Astros head on this. Yeah. And and I wonder how much the trade with the Phillies sure, like, yeah. will factor into the decision. I, I probably not though. Um, Cause they just want the best guy in the best situation. So I, I don't want to give too much credence to that, but I, if I had to stash one, I, I think it'd be Giles. I think I got to go with Giles. Yeah, I would too. I would too. When it comes down to it, I I, I feel like you're, you're right. They acquired him because they thought he was going to be this shut down late inning guy, and now that he's looking like that, and if they have an opening in the ninth, hey man, put him in. Yep, yep. Um, so next we're gonna do uh, we're gonna open the Roto World mailbag. Uh, so this is the first time we're doing that. Uh, you can get in touch with us again, uh, Roto World Baseball Pod at Gmail dot com. The first one's actually from Twitter. Uh, this is from the Theosaurus on Twitter. And I'm going to give this to you, Drew, since you're the Cardinals fan here. 
what do you see from Aledmus Diaz going forward? Is he a good dynasty league buy? Where does he rank among shortstops? Man, I'm gonna try not to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's um he's batting second finally tonight. Makes me so happy. I saw that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, Matheny had been batting him like uh, he bat he hit him ninth in Anaheim <laughs> over the weekend. Like a lot of eighth and seventh. It just made me so mad. Like right. <laughs> once once you get to a big enough sample size with this guy, it's not like the top of your lineup is gangbusters. Like let's go. Right. And so I, I don't know, man. He leads the major leagues and or he leads the, the national league and adjusted OPS right now. And wow. when I just when I watch his at bats, man, he kills the ball. He always puts hard contact on the ball. I, I haven't yeah. looked up his hard hit rates, but I know he's up there. Um, man, I, I don't know. This is a dude they right, he defected from team the Cuban national team in 2012 when they were in the Netherlands playing a tournament. And then didn't play baseball until he showed up to spring training with the Cardinals in 2014. It was like 18 months he went without playing baseball. Right. He was trying to establish residency in Mexico, I believe. And then there were problems with his age. Um, he went from like kind of a big international prospect through those eight, 18 months to a, a really cheap sign for the Cardinals. They got him for four years, $8 million. Yep. They they do get arbitration years on them, which which is oh, nice. That is nice. Yeah, I, I was I was looking that up uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was like, man, do they need to sign him to an extension already? <laughs> 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 because he really only has you know two years left on that contract. Right. But um, man, I I just he, he, like he as a young player in Serie Nationale, which is the Cuban a pro league. Um, his numbers just went up year over year, and he was a young player in that league. Um. I, I I just man, it looks to me like he's a really legitimate hitter. The defense needs work. He committed, I think, his tenth error of the season. Yeah, last he has night. been shaky. Yeah, and it's on like easy routine ground balls. Yeah, but I, I think I think the dude can hit, and I think they're going to keep playing him because I don't know. I guess Matheny has turned his mind on him that that he he has the mental capacity to hit second now. Yeah, and it seems that Peralta is going to play shortstop and third base on the rehab assignment, and um, obviously Carpenter could play second base. Or um, first base, or yeah. first. So they have a lot of mix-and-match possibilities there. Um, but yeah, as, as long as Diaz is hitting, I think he's going to be in the lineup pretty much every day. Yeah, I, I mean, there's regression coming. Like, he's not out Yeah, there's no pools. way you can maintain uh, this pace. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not, like, young... Troy Tulowitzki in his prime, but I mean, he can hit. I mean, he's, wait, I was, I, had, I, wrote, I wrote these numbers down, uh, 12 strikeouts and seven walks through however many played appearances he's up to like 170 something, 130, yeah. 134. I've been impressed like, by the contact. He just, he just makes contact. Uh, doesn't, doesn't seem overmatched at all. Uh, just always makes hard contact. And, um, uh, I think we've seen enough at this point to say he's going to be a contributor moving forward. I don't know if he's a good dynasty league buy right now because you're buying high, right? Um, yeah, but I, I, I would I would probably like be even looking to take offers for him. Yeah, I think as that much would as much be. as I like him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So um, we have an email question from Joseph, and he asks. Is Puig worth owning in a 12-team head-to-head points league? Now, this is a league where he has three outfielders, 
two utility spots, corner infielder, middle infielder, and specifically he's asking whether he should drop Puig or Avisail Garcia. I'm going to drop Avisail Garcia probably. Yeah. Um, this, we've seen some nice flashes from Puig this year. There's just also been some horrible valleys. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to think about Puig. Why don't, why don't you tackle this one? Yeah, I think his I think his upside's just too high when you look at Garcia. Uh, and he is struggling right now. Had had a great start to the season, at least the first handful of games, I think 10 games, he he looked great. Uh, and he's still hitting the ball hard when he makes contact, but his chase rate pitches outside the strike zone is just obscenely high right now. Uh really high above anything he's done in the past, uh just chasing a lot of junk away. Uh and you can kind of see the results with him uh, right now with that. So I think the pitchers have sort of figured him out or or at least, uh, you know, looking at those mistakes uh, and really doubling down on it. So he's going to have to adjust to that. Um, but I think the upside's just way too high and I'm, I'm not giving up. So given the choice between those two, I think it's sort of a no brainer that you go with the upside. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're both team, team Pui. Team Pui. Um, another email question from Andrew. Uh, he has basically two questions in here. Uh, what will Shinsu Chu's production look like when he returns? And can Drew Prom- Pomeranz break out and become a top 30 starting pitcher? First on Chu, um, he is hitting the ball well on his rehab assignment, but it's been two games. Yeah. Um, and he was not hitting before the injury. Um, I, I, I don't know. Something in between his... 2014 which was bad and it's 2015 which was pretty good yeah uh, i mean he's a, he's gonna be 34 in a month um it seems like he's hurt a lot too or at least like nagging injuries yeah it sure does right. I, I don't know i don't know what to think i think he could be like a number three outfielder and yeah in that's what i was gonna say yeah. like 12 team leagues um and you know he's going to probably hit when he comes back, probably in the first or second spot in the lineup with the Rangers. Um, so he's going to score some runs. It's a, it's a pretty good lineup there. He'll give you a little bit of pop. So I think he's a guy, you're not looking at him to lead your outfield or anything like that, but he kind of does a little bit of everything across the board. Not really going to hurt you, but yeah, maybe like a top, 40, top 40-ish outfielder the rest of the way. That sounds about right. Outfielder that you're looking to upgrade at some point. Right. Yep. Um, and then Pomeranz, um, I feel like we have this conversation every year. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, he's he's really finally getting like a, a shot, like an extended shot, and he's in a perfect situation where they won't like mess with him. They won't move him to relief like the A's did. Yeah, I don't uh, know what the A's were thinking with that trade. Um, uh, what did they get? Alon- Yonder Alonzo and Mark Zepchinski, is that it? Yeah, and those were two guys the Padres were, were going to non-tender, probably. <laughs> God, and Alonzo's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, for, for the positions that he plays. Right. But yeah, that that was horrible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I guess they, they felt pretty good about their pitching depth, but I feel like you could do better. At least, like, maybe wait till Pomeranz gets off to a decent start. Yeah. I mean, I mean, his numbers in the majors, like... Are, pr- are pretty good like o- overall in his career um 1.96 era 56 strikeouts and 46 innings this year pitching in a very pitcher friendly park uh, uh what's not to love like i wouldn't know i wouldn't know where to to rank him as far as top 30 it depends like who's on that who's on that edge he's right around there though for me 
Yeah, I think the only thing you're looking at is like the walks. Um, mm-hmm. 21 walks, 46 innings. Um, and just like looking at fan graphs real quick, I see 238 batting average on balls in play, um, 82.6 strand rate. Uh, that's not most likely not going to hold. Sure. And, and the other thing is um, he's never really thrown a ton of innings in the majors. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever topped 100 innings in a season in the majors. And I think if you look back to, and include his minor league numbers, he's like at 140 or so. So how is he going to hold up with like a bigger workload? Uh, so for me, I, I I don't see him as top 30, um, but definitely enjoy him while you can. I think the, the whiffs are real. Uh, so he's getting plenty of strikeouts. I think he's going to hold that. And, and pitching in San Diego, too, so you have to dig that. He's allowed 28 hits in 46 innings. That's yeah. incredible. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> He's got the stuff, man. He's got the stuff to, to, to be pretty legit. Definitely interesting. Yep. Um, so our final question, and this will sort of uh, match up a bit with a column you did earlier this week, the Roto World Roundtable. Uh, who do you expect to be the next fantasy-relevant prospect to get the call both pitching and hitting. Yeah, so we I do a, a roundtable column every week um, where I, I ask the Roto World Baseball staff to weigh in on a topic, and this week's topic was about guys that are going to that are going to get called up next month as the uh, the arbitration clock and service time stuff stops becoming relevant. Um, and man, uh, J- Jamison Tyon. Uh, the Pirates big pitching prospect who kind of fell off the radar with injuries. Um, but he pitched today at AAA Indianapolis, six scoreless, eight strikeouts, no walks. He now has a 1.82 ERA, 0.81 whip, 51.5 K to walk in 49 and a third innings at AAA. And man, he's, he's going into like a perfect situation in Pittsburgh to, to just flourish. I guess the only issue would be workload. Like they're not going to let him throw 150 innings. Yeah. And he missed, um, he missed basically two years, uh, Tommy John. And then I think he had hernia surgery. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, definitely questions about how much they're going to push him. Um, but I know Tyler glass now is getting most of the attention, uh, but Tyon's out there in more leagues right now. So go out there and stash him. I mean, you never know what you're going to get with young pitchers when they come up. Um, Everyone's really excited about uh, Jose uh, Barrios, and yeah. uh, that didn't work out so well, even though he had great control in the minors. But he walked 12 batters in 15 innings before being demoted this week. So you never really know what you're going to get um, with young pitchers. So that's sort of the deal. But uh, I am excited about Trey Turner. I think if I had to stash anybody, it would probably be him because um, I think we're going to see him pretty soon. The Nationals mm-hmm. basically delayed delaying his call up because of the service time situation uh he did get some service time last year remember he was a late call up uh so that's sort of why they're pushing it back but we'll probably see him by june 1 and that's really less than two weeks away uh and with danny espinosa struggling at shortstop i think there's real opportunity there uh has speed uh can hit for average i think he's going to be useful in most leagues aj reed the astros first base prospect he's on the disabled at triple a fresno right now with a strained hamstring but i guess he'll be he should be back in like a week and a half um and tyler white has kind of come back down to earth and now evan gaddis is 
like gonna f- catch some i guess yep <laughs> um that's cool catch your eligibility yeah. <laughs> i'll take it sure sure no it, it actually kind of makes their lineup scary again yeah. and they need a little burst of something definitely um but man reed had an insane season last year in the minors uh 34 homers and 127 rbis between high a and double a like he's he wasn't off he wasn't hitting that well this year at triple a but that dude can swing the bat and um i I think like mid-june he's he's going to be in their starting lineup yeah and then i think we were spoiled last year with like some of the call-ups who came up uh correa and lindor bryant we're not going to see those same kind of bats this year so no these are the guys you gotta stash if you want anybody who's going to make an impact this year i think turner and reed maybe Contreras with the Cubs, the catcher. Um, but there's not a ton coming up unless we see some surprises like Benintendi with the Red Sox or something like that. And then if I could add one more, uh, it would be Cardinals top pitching prospect, Alex Reyes, who yeah. will make his, or is scheduled to make his uh, regular season debut on Sunday at AAA Memphis. He's serving out a 50-game marijuana suspension. <laughs> K- kind of flying under the radar, but... Yeah. I read an interview with Mosellock last week, and he said he, he's just dominating around the Cardinals spring training complex. Of course, he's facing low-level minor leaguers, but right. um, he just he has the numbers that you want from like a frontline starting pitcher. The stuff you want from a frontline starting pitcher, and he should be able to go 150 innings this year. And and his year hasn't even really started. Yeah. So I think I think he's kind of a, a secret weapon. They don't have a clear spot in the rotation form right now in St. Louis, but those things kind of yeah. work themselves out. You've got Martinez. Carlos Martinez has been dealing with like fatigue and you wonder if the shoulder's barking. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and then Wayne, Wainwright had a good start last night finally, but he's been very ineffective overall. So th- they could create a spot for him. Yeah. And Garcia, Garcia has a checkered health history. Yep. Sure. Waka has had that shoulder thing in the past. So you, yep. know, you never know what can happen. So. Right. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's like flying under the radar because of the suspension. I feel like, but once people start seeing him work in AAA games, they're gonna jump all over him. All right, so that will wrap up the Roto World mailbag for this week. Again, if you want to send questions for next week, it's rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail dot com. Again, rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail dot com. I think that's it for us this week. Again, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Three ways you can help us subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can find me on Twitter at DJ Short, and you can find Drew at Twitter uh, on at Drew Silve. Anything else for them, Drew? No. I got a I got a DM from a guy who was like, I really like that you guys put um, like personal touch onto that first podcast. And I explained that it's kind of like a introduction so we're we were really in, trying to introduce ourselves but now i feel bad that we didn't like <laughs> do any self-interest stories right i don't i mean i don't really care though I, i'm sure I think... <laughs> i'm sure there's more of that to come but uh, yeah digging into the baseball analysis this week what we'll do next week who knows we'll, we'll see what pops up Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 